1: This is the best of two pros in a couple of Joe with Labar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. So, the Michigan Wolverines are your national champions. They get it done last night, as we laid out to open up the show. Time tested. Run the football, play defense. Good things have happened in, in the world of football for a long, long time, and Michigan proved that again last night, winning the national title. So Michigan gets it done. They are your national champions, the first since nineteen ninety seven. And then the conversation
0: wow. becomes
1: Yeah, but the whole sign stealing stuff no and the off field yeah, issues.
0: I, it makes it a bigger it makes it a bigger win. It makes it bigger because you had to win games. Agreed. Based off of not having your head coach uh, twice.
1: I, I think anybody that is using this to call an asterisk or this is tainted and it's no not way. a real title, that is one of the weakest arguments to have right now based on. Look. If if they got exposed and got caught, and then they go to Penn State and would have gotten wiped out by James, which Franklin could have and very
0: easily happened. Yes, Penn State's a good football. It was team. supposed to happen. In fact, and it didn't happen. It was happen. supposed to happen, and it didn't happen.
1: And they kept winning and winning and winning, and they beat Alabama, and then they beat Washington. Like this team went fifteen and zero. You know, there the there was a, a stat out there. I think it was um, Cole Kublik who had this uh, tweet that was sent out. That Michigan is the God. I want. I, I got to get. The, I want to make sure I have the the wording correctly on this because he sent it out and it it you know was it tying back to what Miami did back in the day because you remember the Miami team back in 01 is one of the great college football teams of all time. Sure. Like I mean, like if you want to argue USC or some of the other ones, like uh, Cole Kublik sent this tweet out that michigan is the first national champion to lead at halftime in every game since miami in 2001 Hmm. like they were a dominant football team
0: like you can say whatever you you want to stop the run and and i think that that was the main conversation we had heading into the game yesterday when we were previewing it is you couldn't stop the run no one all season long was able to stop the run and oh by the way J.J. McCarthy just happens to probably be the best quarterback in the history of Michigan football history. And he didn't have to throw to win. He really never had to throw to win. But you know what? When they needed a big moment, he delivered. And he delivered it with his legs more so than his arm. And the defense showed up. You know, that Brady brought up... Uh,
1: Will Johnson number two. He was the guy who was on a Dunzia last night. Bam. Um okay, I yeah. got it. Will Johnson. Yeah.
0: It, it, I just I just think that when you look at what this, this Michigan team has had to overcome and and what what they were able to to accomplish, they they establish what every team has to work to establish if they're gonna have success, which is an identity. Uh uh Uh, undisputed undebatable identity and their identity was we are going to block the hell out of you and we got these explosive little squatty ass running backs and they're going to run hard as hell And they're going to find gaps, and we're going to keep pounding it and pounding it and pounding it until we pound you into submission. And, you know, I was thinking after I was watching the game last night, give Brady Quinn a ton of credit. Coming into the season, he was like, this is going to be an offensive line that might be the best offensive line in, in the country. They had a couple of transfers, I believe he said. He highlighted and detailed Michigan's offensive front coming into the season, and I'll be damned if they weren't the, the difference.
1: I, I think Brady was copying off
0: my notes uh, oh, okay. for, all for, right. that, for that that. You segment. know what? But Give know Jonas what Knox all Thank the credit you. in the world because yeah. you know what? Oh. Detailing this team and, and highlighting them in the beginning of the year before they play one game. It was the offensive line that everybody was was raving over, and and talking about, and they were the difference. They were the difference. Now their defense, amazing. Their defensive front gave Penix all the trouble he he wanted. They were able to play good, good, sound defense in the in the secondary. It it was a a brilliant game plan that was executed against Washington, and this Washington team really had the, the the tools to give Michigan a problem because they have multiple receivers that are dynamic guys, but they weren't able to to keep the pressure off of Penix. He was he was under duress all night, so give the defense credit. But to say that there should be an asterisk on, on this season for Michigan, I'd say I think not. In fact, if you want to put anything on it, put a notable. Your head coach was suspended at the, at the season's open. It was open. Like, you missed what, the first two games?
1: Bookend suspensions. First Book- uh, four and, and then
0: three. At the first end. four and then three. How many regular season games are there? Twelve? Yeah, he missed a large portion. Uh, uh, okay, like over half of the season. This man missed over half of the season, and they went fifteen to zero. And that was why I said to myself, "Is it more about the players, or is it, or is it the coaches? Is it just stockpile?" Michigan probably has a collection of the best football players in the country. And that's why they went undefeated.
1: Here's the part about it that I find so hilarious. So the big discussion coming into the year was, well, you know, everybody knew that Michigan was doing this. Like, okay, everybody knew they were doing it. So, yeah, they started adjusting their signals and changing things up when they were playing them early in the season. Okay, so so let's say going into this season, it was well known by other schools that Michigan was stealing signs. And what did they do to start out the year? They were blow torching teams left and right all season <laughs> long,
0: and then everybody started putting them them shower them shower uh covers up <laughs> it's just
1: like the, the whole th- and and so then finally uh oh okay well we we've we've discovered that they were doing something wrong and and now we've got a part so now we're going to suspend them and now because of this there's no more sign stealing connor stallions is out he's gone they've deleted everything they're guilty and they've been cheating this whole time okay and but then what Jonas, they, And then,
0: but that's the second suspension i get i get the it first one is based off of recruitment I, violation he I, had two different uh, you know things against him
1: but i'm talking just just from the stance of because everyone wants to point to the sign stealing like that's that's the most uh, that's the one that people look at and it's the lightning rod for the controversy so you knew that this was going on allegedly so you adjusted and you were still getting your ass whooped and then when michigan got quote unquote caught and there was another suspension then they were still beating teams And then you went to the national championship, you went to the semifinals, you beat Alabama. I'm assuming there was no cheating going on there. I'm assuming if this is all on the up and up, there was no cheating going on in the national title. The idea that we're going to look at this and go, "Well, I mean, this is tainted," and it, no, it's only tainted if you're a loser. If you're a loser, this is a tainted national title because you can't handle the fact that you thought Michigan was going to get outed after they it was discovered that they had some guy named Connor Stallions who was reportedly videotaping or stealing signs or whatever you want to call it. And and the big conversation we had on the show was this. This has happened in college football for a long time. They're not the only ones. And yet here we are. They are the only ones. They're the only ones that finished the season undefeated and won a national title after all of this crap. Anybody out there making the argument that this is tainted? It's a loser mentality. No, it's not. They were the best team in the country, and they played it out
0: all year long. 15-0, and 0, dude. 15-0 like, this year, and they lost one game last year. They lost one game. He's forty and three in the last three years. Yeah, I don't. There's not enough sign stealing in the world to have you only lose three games in three years, bro. There's not enough. There's not enough sign stealing. There's not enough cheating. I want to know what you could do cheating wise that would equate to you only losing one time a year and then winning the, the the championship in that third year, what, what type of cheating gets you there? Please tell me other than, uh, other than paying the players, you know, but that's legal now. (laughs) Yeah. Like that, that's why that's legal now. So if it ain't paying the players, what is the most illegal thing that you could do recruitment wise or, 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 or as a, as a program that's going to get you, one loss a year and a national championship, because like you said, you made the point earlier, didn't work for Jimbo. That didn't best money, best players' money could buy didn't work for Jimbo Fisher in Texas A and M. So that that debunked my my discussion point, my argument point of is it coaching or is it the players? And at the end of the day, if you have really really awesome, awesome players, like. I I I don't know of a sign, stealing a sign, that's going to lead to you being able to tackle Blake Corum. <laughs> what sign is going to help you tackle him?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just... what,
0: what sign is going to keep you from uh, that offensive line opening up the 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 hole that you could drive a a Mack truck through and and untouched. You know what sign is that that you're stealing?
1: What what sign do you have to steal to out physical Alabama at the line of scrimmage? Unlike we've seen from any non SEC team, maybe in in the time that Nick Saban's been
0: at Alabama, we're like, talking what, about Alabama. Yes, <laughs> like no one <laughs> has stopped Michigan from running the ball this year. No one did it. No one did it. Iowa did a pretty decent job. Still still folded. Washington started doing a great job. Still they folded. I mean, it's just Penn State, they didn't even have to throw the ball. They folded. They folded everybody's tent. Sorry. It was an identity that they adopted. They're going to play good, hard defense. They're going to cover man, and they're going to beat the hell out of you on defense and they're going to run the ball and they're going to beat the hell out of you on on offense and and just keep coming downhill and run the ball. Every once in a while they're going to run a play action on you, keep you honest, but in the end their their identity is we're going to run and they don't care if you know it's coming. You know that he's going to, that that the two running backs are going to get the ball and and JJ may run it here and there with a little RPO just to keep it keep it spicy and they're going to beat your ass. That's it. That was Michigan football this year. Yes, and you know what? By Golly, I'm happy it was because that's football. Yeah. Everybody wants to talk about it's a pass first league. Well, you know what? Run first won the national championship at the college level this year.
1: It just it's so what what's the the part that I I get a kick out of is people, had Michigan lost last night or lost to Alabama or lost to Ohio State or oh, Penn we State." Oh, I told you so. Yeah, see, so. without the advantage. All right. So so now they don't have the advantage. You're admitting they don't have the advantage and they still won. So then, what's the excuse? I there mean, and one won. they won one. They didn't. Just,
0: they didn't eke it out. <laughs> they won. They just, they they beat them. So yeah. I don't know, man. It's uh, it just an America's impressive run. team, baby. Yeah,
1: hell yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, do we have uh the Jim Harbaugh? So we did have uh some Jim Harbaugh talking about the off field uh noise and distractions and everything that came along He's with the post game. This was not a season where everything went the way you wanted it to. There were some the off-the-field issues, which we all know about. Can you talk about the satisfaction of having overcome
0: those as well to get to this point? Does it make it even sweeter? Uh, can, I, can I? Yeah, go ahead. yeah it, it, it couldn't have gone better. It went exactly how we wanted it to go uh, to win every game. Uh, the off-off-the-field issues. We're innocent, and, and we stood—we stood strong and tall because we knew we were innocent.
1: And I just like to point that out. And these guys, these guys are innocent, and yeah, overcome that. Uh, it wasn't that hard because we—we knew we were innocent. So, um, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that's really what I want to say. It went exactly how we wanted it to go. It went exactly how we wanted it to go. Yeah, we knew we were interested. Yeah, what's your proof? Three o three on the ground of the national title game. That's our proof. Come stop it. <laughs> hmm. So it's just wonderful.
0: What a so wonderful apparently story. Apparently, he's hired an agent. So that could be an indicator. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that could be an. Indicator. I believe it's
1: uh, Don Yee is the yeah, agent. Don
0: yeah. Yee, the, Tom uh, Brady's. Yep, agent. A lot of Sean uh, Payton's agent.
1: A lot of smoke around the Raiders' possibility. There was a report yesterday that uh, Harbaugh and the Raiders have mutual interest. So mm. I don't know if your guy AP uh, has heard well, that report, but
0: I mean that's a Trump. That's a Trump card. I mean, you can't be mad if you're Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce got what any and every. Young aspiring coach will want is an opportunity, and he took full advantage of it. So whatever comes of it, whether he gets that gig as the head coach or not, something tremendously positive is going to come out of that, and he'll get his opportunity. Like it'll yeah. it'll come around. But if that's what happens, I mean, you can't be mad at getting Jim Harbaugh. I mean, he's a winner. You know, he knows how to win. He knows how to coach. And if that's what happens, that's what happens. But you know, I I I'll be honest, it's it's interesting. Jim Harbaugh is is I mean, when have we seen him really not do what he's done with Michigan? I mean, he did it with San Francisco. Yep. He goes into Michigan, and it took him a little time, but he eventually turned Michigan into what we knew Michigan to be historically when they were having some really, really down and some slim years. So,
1: Everywhere he's gone, it's worked.
0: I mean, so you got to give him his propers, man. Yeah. You can't be mad. You can be mad at how weird he is, as like he comes across as a person or how quirky he may be or whatever it is that you guys, people may want to kind of criticize him over, but one thing's for certain, that dude knows how to get the best out of his players and out of his coaching staffs.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. <laughs> they're, not even, no. they're, not,
0: wait. they're not even anywhere breaking close. Breaking news. Uh, wait, wait, Sam. Sam, can we get breaking news? <laughs> can we get breaking news, Sam? Um, Did Jonas just hit us with some breaking news? Yeah, they are. Oh, my God. Uh,
1: the uh, underwhelming season for the New York Jets, which should be something that New York Jets fans are used to, although there was a lot of optimism, a lot of hope. So not a great year for the New York Jets. Uh, Aaron Rodgers finds himself you know in the midst of some controversy again um uh, jimmy kimmel who um you know somebody who was just you know was
0: not on the list well no he was
1: not on the list he's also not on the funny list either um Mm. he's not funny uh and he had took some shots at aaron Rodgers uh last night apparently uh we won't play those because we prefer funny content on this show but the point is Uh, Aaron Rodgers finds himself in all sorts of controversy. He finds himself on a football team that was bad once again, injuries, et cetera, et cetera. Well, he has decided to speak out on the state of the franchise, and he called out his own franchise for what they need to do to get back on track next Uh year. What do you think, just as a team, you guys can learn from what happened this year, especially like the stuff of being in the spotlight, like these guys really hadn't been before at this
0: level? Anything that doesn't have anything to do with winning needs to be assessed. So anything in the in the, this building that we're doing
1: individually or collectively that has nothing to do with real winning needs to be assessed. Everything that we do has to have a purpose, too. When you step in the building, there's intentionality with everything that you do, and and it's not a half-the-time thing. It's not a sometimes thing. It's not a most-of-the-time thing. It's an every-time thing. If you want to be a winning organization and to put yourself in a position to win championships, everything that you do matters. And the f- that has nothing to do with
0: winning needs to get out of the building. So, hmm. lot going on there. And Well, it just sounds like he's calling out a dysfunctional building. Yeah. I, I and I, And I just wonder how far up the totem pole. Is he talking about that assessment? Because some people just you just can't get rid of that um, in the building. (laughs) Believe me, some of us know that as a fact, like generations of players that have played in dysfunctional organizations know for a fact that if you're doing the assessment of getting anything and everything out of the building that has nothing to do with winning. Sometimes that's a very, very difficult proposition to 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 uh to execute on.
1: I wonder when he realized oh God, you know, this isn't Green Bay. Like there's there's a lot going on here. <laughs> this like, is New York.
0: Like, is... So when I say things like that, uh well in Green Bay you could get away with it, but in New York, yeah, no, maybe not so much. Yeah, it's uh You need some silk. That's and, what he needs. And, yeah, I mean, and,
1: and if you want things to to be done smoother, I mean, you've got to, like, really, really make it a little bit more silky there with the New York Jets, that's for sure. If I'm you
0: know, Rangers. if they really wanted to get down to it and really have some winning ways, then, well, they get some silk and feel plenty good. <laughs> they feel plenty good and, and get into the plenty good challenge, you know, and... They could probably get some soy or uh, silk almond milk, which is a part of, you know, my breakfast, Jonas, and they could join me and, and they could start winning because, well, they would get breakfast and, and take that that silk milk and enter into a contest where they could actually win free breakfast for life, Jonas for life. Listen, sign up. and and incorporate silk into your breakfast. I'm talking to all of you guys out there. Do it for seven days. Um, I got to tell you guys, terms do apply. Listen, there's no purchases necessary, but visit challenge.silk.com. You know, visit today. See how you feel about silk. And that could make a difference for the New York Jets, J E T -S 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 S. Uh, jets 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 they need to spell s-i-l-k silk 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 yeah
1: that's what i'm yeah. talking about
0: uh by yeah, the way I mean, you know simple stuff
1: from silk over to sauce Ooh, sauce gardener had some uh interesting good sauce he had some
0: interesting that's real good <laughs> sauce
1: uh ben Maller popping on uh via via comrex field tap uh but uh sauce Gardner, he spoke yesterday, and he was talking about just sort of where things went awry for the organization. Let's take a listen.
0: It's off season, We just got to make sure we're keeping the main thing the main thing. We got to make sure we just grind our head down, grind it, because I feel like um, even though we were saying it, some of the stuff in the off season, like Aaron and all of that, like hard knocks, you know, I feel like we really lost track of some things. I feel like there's a lot of games we could have been much better. There's a lot of scenarios, a lot of cases we could have been much better.
1: I mean, I'm not saying that he's calling out Rodgers, but when Rodgers is talking about the BS that was surrounding the organization, what came with Rodgers was a lot of noise. And I don't know that that's all.
0: And a lot of expectations, too.
1: But I, I don't know that that's necessarily rogers fault but he does do his weekly interviews he is you know hard knocks had to have the jets like it just it felt like this team was maybe almost doomed from the get-go and they're they're going to be much better off maybe not having all of the expectations that go into next year because you know rogers can say oh i want to be here longer than just next year Dude, if they have a disappointing season again next year, everybody's gone. <laughs> like Robert Sala, he'll probably have to shave too. Like everybody's gone. Like they, they, Joe That's Douglas, funny. like everybody would be out the door. So it, it just feels like <laughs> this next year, I'm fascinated to see what the approach is because I can't imagine that they're going to want all the buzz and all the hype that came along with what this season was.
0: But the business of professional sports is to sell hope. That's what sells tickets. That's what sells, you know, jerseys. It just, it just. There's a lot of. There's a lot of commerce and e-commerce connected to selling hope, in the off season. So I don't see that slowing down. Aaron Rodgers is a lightning rod for for headlines and for uh, media attention. I don't see that slowing down, and and it'll be interesting. This is where Robert Salah has to take a last stand and really, really manage how things are done this offseason because you sold an entire season on Aaron Rodgers coming back. <laughs> like, even if Aaron Rodgers comes back, like, let's be clear here, that was not rectifying any type of problem that they found themselves in by the time Aaron Rodgers was coming back. So if you're a New York Jets fan or if you're someone who's paying attention to the game, that had to be alarming that your biggest storyline the entire season was Aaron Rodgers' attempt to come back. Right. It should have been winning. And, oh, my gosh, we get Aaron Rodgers back next year. That was not the case. So I think Sauce Rodgers was spot on, right on point with what his sentiments were like you got to earn you got to earn the reputation of being as good as people were making the jets out to be we you know we as media created this false narrative that now because Aaron Rodgers walks into the building they're immediately a Super Bowl contending team and there's a lot that has to go into being a Super Bowl contending team and a lot of those things can be covered up and can be made to look better than what it is by a player of Aaron Rodgers uh you know his his abilities and what he brings to the table but that doesn't cure all ills and i think if there was a message to take away from this season if i'm the New York Jets is very much that is Aaron Rodgers is one person he's one player he represents one single entity and And for what it's worth, if I'm a player respectfully, I honestly may feel after this season he's a singular entity that certainly represents his own best interests, and that could be interpreted by the way he was out in front of the media the way that he was, and in a lot of what maybe he said during his weekly his weekly uh his weekly interviews. Man, it did more damage than it did good for this team. And so if I'm a player, I'm not basing my success or failures off of one player. You're, you have too much talent on that team. So that needed to be a wake-up call. And if I'm Robert Salah, I'm, I'm managing expectations. And I, while you got to sell hope, I think that you have to find a healthy balance as to how you approach what you're going to do this off season, because I don't know that Aaron Rodgers returning makes this team much better than what they are. If there aren't aspects of what they have going on that are improved and much better uh, than what they were, and uh, I think that's what Sauce Gardner touched on. They,
1: they, listen, they got to fix their O line. Like they got like i I'm, I'm not so concerned about the defense, but. Damn, man! Like
0: yeah, but the defense fell apart during the course of the season as well.
1: Yeah, but I mean, how 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 long can you carry that team before you're like, oh, screw it, my arms are tired. You know what I mean? Like I'm putting this down. Like, are we moving this couch inside or not? Like, and and it just felt like, all right, if if this is, you know, at that point, the season was lost and and it was a wrap. I mean,
0: uh, so it's going to be. You no, know, you do know that there's the chance and the opportunity that a guy at Aaron Rodgers' age. Could possibly get banged up again. Oh yeah, I know. I uh, they, they... So it can't be any excuses if you're if you're trying to win. If you're saying, "Oh well, we're tired of playing defense." Zach Wilson isn't getting it done. We can't get it done without Aaron Rodgers. Then y'all should have said it. Y'all should have told the media, told the fans, told everybody that we're punting on the season. Instead you built this crazy ass narrative that all we gotta do is hang in there until Aaron Rodgers gets back this season.
1: God, it was it was actually pretty amazing the way they were able to pull that off.
0: I, like, I thought it was loser ball. I just personally I mean if 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 you're looking at it from a very critical eye and you remove yourself from the fandom of of what what that could possibly mean, I think it's loser ball. Because you have a season to play. And Aaron Rodgers should have been put on the shelf. The conversation should have been put on the shelf. I think in the end, when we look back on this season and you look back on the Jets and how they handled the Aaron Rodgers injury, it was a tremendous miss. It was a tremendous miss because not only did you not allow your fan base to move on and, and say, let's gut up and let's knuckle up as a fan base and support our team and move on and have this season, you did it to your team. How do you think those players are feeling in the locker room? Our 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 salvation and our hope all hinges upon a guy who tore his Achilles tendon four plays into the season, and we got to try to survive in hopes that this man from an, a, a torn Achilles injury can actually come back and be a part of saving our season, like yeah. I, it, it was, I feel like that probably did more damage than it did any good. If you're looking at it from a critical perspective, as it applies to the New York Jets, be sure to catch
1: live editions of Two Pros in a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. 3 a.m. Pacific. I just want to make mention of this because we are going to get to a story in the NFL that apparently it's not a done deal according to some reports and some conversation and things that are out there and even the person involved talking about it. But I got to ask you this question, LaVar. Have you ever seen the movie summer rental? Nope. With John Candy. Nope. Okay.
0: I may have. Don't remember it. though. All right.
1: I brought it up to Lee and Sam during the break And they looked at me like I had five eyes, Hmm. like had no idea what the movie was. And I just realized that it's one of the more obscure movies you can think of. But it is an under the radar classic involving John Candy. And I have no idea what made me think of it. But for whatever reason, uh, it was a topic of conversation. Lee DeLapp, who fancies himself Mr. Movie Buff, had no idea what Summer Rental
0: was. Can you guess what its Rotten Tomato score is? Mm, Like one and a half. A little higher. Two and a half. 17.
1: It got a 17? 17%. Oh, God. Uh, That
0: that site is such crap. I thought it was numbers of tomatoes.
1: If you're (laughs) looking at IMDb, they do the uh, scale on scale of uh, 1 to 10, and they give it a 6.3. Well, listen, I'm not saying it deserves an Oscar, okay? I'm just saying it's a classic movie from the 80s, and it's got John Candy in it and Rip Torn. Uh, so, I mean, that that to me is pretty much Rip all you need. Rip and Torn. Rip Torn. Great. From the Larry Sanders you show. You
0: named your kid Rip when your last name <laughs> was Torn. You deserve a, a violation, <laughs> some way, citation of some sort.
1: What's Rip Torn's middle name? Cut? Like, what are we? <laughs> if you want his full name, it's Elmore Rule Torn Jr.
0: Oh, right. Elmore. Nice. Yeah, Rip is a, this is a nickname here. Elmore, Rip's a great name
1: by Elmore the way. Rual, Torn like Rip Hamilton. It's a great name. It's a good nickname to have. Um, all right, so there's that uh, as we uh, you know discuss uh, movies from the 80s for no reason whatsoever. All right, yeah. Why,
0: where did that? I even don't know. Come from? I,
1: I'm trying to remember because I was doing a scene uh, that I can't do on the air here because uh, it's uh, very graphic in nature. But the point is, uh, forget about all that and let's focus on this. We could argue whether or not Summer Rental is a good movie. What we can't argue is whether or not the Patriots were a good team this year. They absolutely were not. They were a bad football team. Bill Belichick knows it. Anybody with two eyes and a working brain knows it. Like, it was not good for the New England Patriots. And the speculation has been that this is it for Bill Belichick. It's a wrap. He's done in New England, his final game at Foxborough, and it was an awful performance against the New York Jets, just like many of their performances this year have been against various teams in the league. But Bill Belichick spoke yesterday with the media about his future and what he expects to happen. Let's take a listen. I'm on a contract, um, do what I always do, which is you know, every day I come in, work as hard as I can to help the team in whatever way I can wondering if you've given any serious thoughts of relinquishing the personnel maybe some of the draft responsibilities look I'm for whatever um, you know collectively we decide as an organization is the best thing to help our football team I have multiple roles in that and I rely on a lot of people to help me in those in those responsibilities if somebody's got to have the final say uh, I have it. I rely on a lot of other people to help and you know whatever that process is you know I'm, I'm only part of it well, I just wanted to clarify something with you. There's been a lot of reporting that, that you and Robert have not met during the course of the season. Is that true? Is it just that you haven't met to talk about your future? How frequently are have you guys been in communication over the course of the season? We've met during the season. And have they given the, the public nature of the discussion around the team and you specifically? Um, so are we doing a follow-ups here, Stacey? I don't understand what's, what's the answer the question. I was wondering if he's given you any indications about your future because there's been so much discussion about it, Bill.
0: Yeah, uh, I'd answer that question three times though so. <laughs> okay. I mean he's there to answer it. He survived. Black Monday. I'm you, but... So I mean, he's still there, and he's answering questions. So it's not like he's answering the questions of of he's been let go and he's saying his goodbyes, or they they've otherwise said he's staying. Nobody knows what's going on, and I... and and there's a lot of people that would expect or anticipate that after this type of a season and and the season that was before it. That that Bill Belichick may be gone. Let me ask you this:
1: You hear that back and forth from Belichick. Are you more or less convinced
0: that he'll be back next year? I'm more convinced. I am too. I think I think that you make you make a decisive move, regardless of how you know they made a decisive move with Tom Brady. You know, I, I think if you're going to move on. And, you know, there's this whole air quotes of the Patriot way you move on. You don't drag it out. You move on. And and so for him to be talking uh, about what he's talking about, it says that maybe there's a strong chance they're trying to figure out internally how they move forward with Bill Belichick.
1: Yeah it, I mean I I look at it and and I'm and I hear him talking and, and I just I find it hard to believe if he and Robert Kraft have spoken during the season I find it hard to believe that Robert Kraft would let him dangle in the wind like this go through the players meetings go through talking with the media afterwards go through all this stuff just to ultimately decide yeah we're moving on in another direction I just I find that hard to believe. So I'm listening to that going, well, maybe Robert Kraft's like, look, I don't want to go out like this, but we need help. And as Belichick mentioned, he would be open to some sort of a restructuring or, you know, different roles or a different like whatever the case may be. But I hear that and I go, damn, he might be back. Like all of this, all this discussion, all this conversation we've been having for the entire season and they might figure out a way to bring him back, and if you're Belichick, if you just look around at some of the options in the NFL that are available, are any of them without a shadow of a doubt a better option than the Patriots? Because the the go-to is going to be well is
0: there is there a better coaching, a uh, better coach? That's out there. That's better for the position for the New England Patriots.
1: Agreed. I, I don't know that there is, other than who maybe Mike Vrabel, if that opens up. But would Rabel want the
0: Patriots gig? I is mean, he better? Is that better? I don't. I Is there an upgrade? Because if there's a reason why the Patriots are failing and they feel like they can fix it and allow Bill Belichick to just be the coach, then maybe that is the direction that they go in but to me when it's like when you've been you're married like and married people will Shh, understand on, this on, hey,
1: keep it down keep it down please jesus
0: <laughs> all right all right just let you know
1: hey. sorry just for the sake of the uh, the uh, the conversation here.
0: That's just all. for the yeah. sake of the conversation, let's just say everybody <laughs> in the world is married, all right? Hammer. And those people that have been married for a really long time, you know what happens during the course of that marriage at some point in time? Nothing. <laughs> okay. And then the performances are lackluster. There are losses. There are threats. Like (laughs) divorce is thrown out there every once in a while, you know, go our separate ways. is thrown out there every once in a while. You just have your ups and downs in relationships. And depending on what season you're in, you know, sometimes you got to work a little bit harder to understand the person you're in a relationship with. And if it's worth it and it's worthy, then you continue to, to work through things and you stay married or you say you know what it's not worth it and I'd rather start over and I think once you're in a relationship for so long and you got so many great memories and one of your children is maybe the the greatest football player to ever play the game during the course of your your marriage I just don't know how easy that is to move on from that to divorce from the situation I just I I would assume there's a lot of anxiety there's a lot of emotions a lot of feelings that are connected to it and I just don't think that it would be an easy thing to do for for either side I mean he's been there almost a
1: quarter century so that's there a, you go it's a long ass time to just all, all of a sudden you know depart and go somewhere else like I because I, I'm looking around the NFL and I go okay what what jobs are available the Panthers man the panthers are a mess like they don't they're the worst team in the league and they also don't have their first round pick and they just fired their gm and their coach they they're void of talent like there's like the panthers are a disaster and then you look around you go washington I I don't know that I can clearly say that Washington's an, an upgrade over the Patriots. I mean, they've got a better draft pick, but you're still not number one. I mean, like, but
0: the th- biggest thing that we're talking about here is you still have to go into a place and you have to start all over again. Yeah, and, and while he's done that in his career, but isn't he like eighty five, ninety years old by now? <laughs> I mean, he ain't like the back. youngest chicken and he ain't the youngest you know rooster in that 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 bad boy yeah. like there's also
1: like the, people would point to the Chargers job because well you got the quarterback man and you got the, the, the weather okay, but they're in cap hell like they've got so many guys that are, that are making so much money there like they, like as far as salary cap goes they're in one of the worst positions than as anybody in the NFL like there's a lot of stuff that's going to change with the Chargers I just don't know that there's any opportunity out there that I can go unequivocally. Oh yeah, that's much better than than staying, adjusting, and being in New England next year. I just I don't know.
0: I don't see Jonas. I still look at it from the standpoint of if that is the case, then you have so many elements and so many things that you're going to have to navigate mentally and emotionally in order to be able to go do that job. He's made so much money. Mm-hmm. He's he's built so many relationships at his age being the greatest NFL coach. I don't think anyone will debate this. Being the greatest NFL coach in the history of the game at New England in Boston Why would you start over? Why would you go somewhere else? To prove Tom Brady wrong? To go try to win a Super Bowl and say, I told you it was Bill Belichick? Like, you don't have to prove that. Tom Brady may have felt like he needed to prove it. That's a player. I don't care – you can argue Tom Brady was the reason why Bill Belichick won until you turn blue in the face and pass it down to your 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 descendants and have them argue it after you're long gone and it'll never turn out to be true that Tom Brady is the reason why Bill Belichick had success because Bill Belichick drafted him <laughs> it's like it's Bill Belichick's player he took he took him. It was his team, and and quite frankly, there were a lot of other players on that team that made that team go and probably played a major part in a major role in why Tom Brady turned out to be the type of player that he turned out to be, including coaches as well. Uh,
1: And and also... I mean, listen. The guy's doing walk of shames in Nantucket.
0: Like, you think he could do? Come on, like, man. You
1: you come out you come out here we and try. We call
0: it a walk of shame, but he was just walking. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. think about it. <laughs> he was straight. Explain. Explain his state. What What did he have on when he was walking? No shirt. Okay. Sort <laughs> of undressed. Just uh, you know. Okay. Like a, we look at that as a walk of shame. You know what he looks at it like? He rules the world. Just cruising. Like, bruh, I ain't got to put no shirt on. And by the way, you you try and uh, you try I walk and, with all these gray hairs out on my chest. I hey, ain't tripping.
1: You come out here and try a walk of shame in Venice, and you'll bump into some junkie with an "I love L.A." Jeez a sweatshirt on and he's pushing a shopping cart. I'm just saying, I'm just saying you you could trust your surroundings in New England more so than some of the other options that are out there. I don't know that necessarily
0: to be true, but I've never been to Nantucket. So, but then again, I've never been to Venice either. (laughs) You've
1: never been to Venice? No.
0: All right. Nope. Never
1: been. The way I described it is pretty much spot on. Well, sometimes
0: you got to protect your eyes from things. You know what I mean? I hear you. Yeah. Well, listen. So there you go.
1: It is uh, two pros and a cup of joe here on Fox Sports Radio. Now, if it comes out later on that they are parting ways, all of this will be taken out of the podcast. Uh, well, to. Gonna... There's,
0: no, there's no problem there because, <laughs> yeah. you know, all he got to do is just get him a nice breakfast, you know, get the day started off yeah, the right, right way, and then he'll be good. Yeah, he's good for yeah. sure. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Listen to Locatura Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.